Hi, everyone. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Wayne Ariola, who is General Manager of RPA at Tricentis. Our topic today is RPA, Robotic Process Automation and DevOps. Wayne, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thank you so much for having me on this uh, beautiful Friday. Um, I've been looking forward to it. Best way to spend a Friday. Well, second best, maybe. And maybe yeah, a few other things might be above the list of this. But yeah, what a great day to, to do that. And I know we've had Tricentis, your, your CEO has been on before. Uh, welcome back. Glad to have you on. Would you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. What about Absolutely. you? And for those that don't know, tell them what Tricentis does. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Wayne Ariola, as you stated, Mitch, and I'm the general manager of our RPA solutions at Tricentis. And, uh, and I've uh, done, I think I've done at least three or four webinars on DevOps.com. Oh, yes. So I'm certainly no stranger to, to the audience, the topics, nor the, uh, the concerns. Um, yet I, uh, I wanted to actually uh, bring forth the news about RPA and, and uh, see if I can't connect it to what's going on in the end-to-end DevOps world uh, today. Yet, um, uh, just a little bit about Tricentis for folks who haven't heard about Tricentis. Uh, you know, Tricentis is today considered uh, one of the le- uh, automation leaders out there in the world uh, you know, consistently across all major analysts were uh, always ranked as either A, the number one leader, or, you know, uh, right up there as number one. So uh, it's, it's, it's been an interesting uh, ride at Tricentis for the last five years as, mm-hmm. as we've uh, begun to uh, kind of notch our way into the DevOps world. Um, the one thing we all are known for is uh, really making software testing more productive. And we do that. Uh, via automation. Uh, so uh, we know as we look at scaled agile that things need to happen quicker. And then you add in, you know, the idea of CI, CD, or, or, or uh, uh, you know, th- th- these kinds of concepts. And then you really want to be fast and agile. And um, we're the company that makes sure that testing is not your barrier to, to speed. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what we're best known for out there. Well, let's start out by, and I know RPA, Robotics Process Automation, is, is kind of, is the hot thing or the new thing, uh, however you want to put it. How do you define RPA? So, I mean, poor DevOps people, right? I mean, DevOps <laughs> was the sexy thing for oh, such it still a long is. time. No, no, don't, okay, don't break good, my heart, good, Wayne. Come good, on. Good, now. good. You, know, <laughs> you, guys haven't, you guys haven't aged out yet, so, uh, no. and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, RPA is like the millennials of uh, the millennial of topics, right? Okay. These days, um, it is it is definitely on fire. Um, in fact, I have it a is. slide that I use in presentations that uh, I compare DevOps to RPA, and the uh, DevOps folks. It looks like there's like a a bunch of people dancing, but then I show a picture of RPA, and it looks like a rave, you know, a big huge party and a rave with uh, lasers and lights and a whole mm-hmm. crowd thumping to the music, and that's really what's happening right now. I mean, the RPA uh, world and the RPA market is just on fire, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a, and it's a bit crazy. But the reason why it's a bit crazy is that the ROI associated with deploying automation, um, or or what is defined as RPA automation is really high. Uh, it, you get immediate value out of it. So it's kind of like this. Um, especially if you talk to CIOs, uh, you know they're saying that you know it's kind of a no brainer. Of, uh, of today's world. 
Um, but this is, I mean, the, the, the DevOps folks are no stranger to this, right? So, you know, we did, we went through this when we kind of went through the whole DevOps motion, beginning with build automation, right? Uh, yeah. You know, we kind of took a breath and we said, hey, uh, this build process is manually painful and it's difficult and it's arduous. And, you know, once we got through kind of this initial thing around uh, the automating build, you know, the imagination associated with what could be automated then exploded, you know, and then you got into the DevOps motion, right? Um, and I would say it's a perfect parallel. RPA is doing exactly the same thing. Well, it's that, kind of taking these preliminary type of motions mm-hmm. associated, associated with manual processes and then automating them. Well, you know, in a way, it, the way I think about it, Wayne, is, you know, <laughs> step back for a minute. The best developers I, I've worked with in my career have always been the laziest, and that's a compliment, meaning they write <laughs> the least good. amount of code, they automate everything, they don't want to do that yes. manual stuff, right? They want to spend time on that's things true. they enjoy working on. So, you know, in the DevOps world, of course, we're big on automating things, and maybe all of it isn't automated, but it's taking that same kind of, let's <laughs> let's take those things we don't need to do manually and we really can automate it and look across IT, across business process automation, you know, the whole organization. That's probably yep. why it's hot because it's not only in IT, but it can affect, uh, affect other parts of the business. So I'm going to lay claim to RPA's roots being in DevOps. Now you can, you can tell me I'm totally wrong, but uh, I won't. Return. No, well, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Given the audience that I'm speaking to, I agree. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, but, but, it, but it's true though. I mean, but think about this, Mitch, let's unpack that just for two seconds, right? Okay, so great. take, take, take the idea of that, that developer who's lazy, right? And the fact that, what are you doing? And and if you would say, ask the person what they're doing at any point in their day, it's like, you know what, I'm writing a script to do X, Y, Z, because so, I'm so sick of provisioning this particular application to this you know, environment, whatever it might be, right? So their, uh, their knowledge base and their understanding of, of how to construct a script, you know, gave especially, uh, you know, the, in the DevOps world or the dev world, these guys are leg up in terms of mm-hmm. producing this automation to eliminate ma- manual tasks. They're the most productive, so, yeah. And it, yeah, exactly. And make that the most productive. But RPA is really trying to, and I hate to even use this word, but it's the best way to, to describe it uh, succinctly, is democratizing that, right? Mm-hmm. It's giving people who are not as talented as your laziest developer, uh, the ability to actually create the automation to get rid of the mundane or manual tasks that are slowing them down. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even by Mitch, even by definition, you know, uh, RPA is defined as a technology that predominantly leverages, you know, a combination of maybe UI and API or surface level features in applications to create uh, more automated routine predictable uh, data transcription or, or enablement work, right? So mm-hmm. automation work or executable work. So if you think about it, um, it's a technology that sits on top of uh, a superstructure that sits on top of apps that allows you to do things more proactively across applications. So mm-hmm. making sure that the manual task to transpose data, to move data, to initiate something, to ent- do data entry, is eliminated uh, by by uh, the uh, the automation itself. You know, um, I kind of think really of cool. it as I think of it as an analogy would be 
just like sysadmins write scripts, right, to do things yes. that, that automate yes. it. This is for other IT folks, but also can be end users, right, that automate, you know, filling out forms on online screens or process, doing some processing of load this data into a spreadsheet, export it out to here, send yep. it to here. Yep. You know, why do all that stuff by hand? Here's an easy tool. Now, now do you see RPA as primarily being rule-based, or I know you have an orchestration product. I don't know if that's primarily rule-based. But how do you do it? Do RPA in a way that it's as accessible by as many people as possible? Yeah. So, I mean, also knowing the demographic of your audience, um, RPA certainly falls into the bucket of nothing new has been invented here, right? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is definitely technology that we've had awareness of uh, in the past, but it's been uplifted for our era, right? Um, which is is which really what makes the difference, right? So, you know, whether it's rule-based, whether it's AI, whether it's, it really depends on the task you're trying to achieve because not everything fits every scenario, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, let, let's, let's try it this way though. Um, if you look at RPA and you take, let, let's just take roughly 75% of the use cases out there, mm-hmm. it falls into one of three buckets. Okay. Uh, one bucket is what I call poor man's integration which is you're scraping information out of one system and you're putting it into another system and then validating it in another or something like that. Right. Okay. So meaning that, uh, you know, you've gone to your IT group and you've said, Hey, I got this integration project that I need. And they say, I don't have enough time. And then you're saying, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself with RPA and you're just going to do it by scraping screens and moving and pushing data uh, across uh, multiple systems There's or maybe even a crescent wrench, go fix it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But by the way, I call this poor man's integration or these kind of RPA use cases, the best identification of backlog that you could ever have. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a problem here when you use it for this problem. Okay. Uh, so the second group of activity that has been used is the augmentation or automation of manual tasks. And this is what you primarily hear about, right? So instead of having me do the mundane task of pointing and clicking, going to another system, copying a number, bringing it over, taking, uh, finding the core account number from a subsystem and pulling it into the work order, you know, pulling information from SAP and pulling it over to SFDC or, uh, you know, all that kind of manual stuff that's going on in between. Uh, This is the second scenario that you're just helping the human do something as part of their day-to-day activity in, mm-hmm. in whether they're processing an invoice or monitoring inventory or, or onboarding an employee or, you know, any kind of horizontal process that's happening in the organization. And then there's the third scenario that Great. is being used for really, which is validate critical checks. So when I say validate critical checks, let's take the scenario like um, that we all got uh, indoctrinated to in the last two years, which is GDPR. Where um, if someone opts out from an email perspective of your system, you want to make sure that they're opted out of all systems of record. Um, So you might want to build a queue of opt-outs, which the RPA engine comes in, grabs a, uh, a unique identifier such as an email from that system, and then goes into all other system or potential systems of record and making sure or giving a, you know, taking a visual snapshot that the uh, the individual has has in fact been opted out. So mm. those are kind of like the three okay. general cases. And of course, we then transist multiple horizontal, vertical, and technical domains for, for those particular uh, use cases. 
Well, I thought with that third example, you were going to tell me that I wouldn't have to click on that. I accept cookies anymore on all these websites. But, okay, <laughs> you can set a, up an RPA plus system for that. No problem. You could, you could do it. You could, you could definitely do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so no talk doubt. to us, talk to us about what are, what are you, would you say are the top one, one or two use cases that come customers come to you and say, Oh, you do RPA. I, I'm trying to solve this situation. What, what is it? You know, it's really funny cause it's really across the board. Um, and the industry is starting to sub-segment themselves now into vertical and horizontal uh, type processes or technical. So there's three ways that the, the, the whole industry will ultimately segment. You're going to have pure plays, right, that are going to be mm -hmm. cross-industry, cross-horizontals. Uh, you're going to have some horizontal folks who are going to go across. Like So, for example, we're seeing new companies pop up that do just kind of HR, RPA. Uh, meaning getting information in and out of HR systems, sensitive data, blah, blah, blah. And then you're getting some vertical stuff. Like, you know, you have uh, folks like, um, you know, uh, Finical and Edgeverve, uh, which are emphasis companies that are in the, uh, you know, the financial vertical that are really, really good at, at doing some stuff in the financial vertical. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but in terms of us, you know, there's really only, I would say there's only about four or three or four pure plays out there. Uh, Tricentus RPA is certainly one of those pure plays. Uh, and, you know, we see a lot of insurance scenarios where you're doing, um, you know, payouts, uh, payment um, validation. Uh, we see a lot of things like supply chain data verification is a ton, ton of that stuff. We're seeing a lot of IOT type scenarios where uh, a sensor is collecting information from one particular device and it needs to be married up with other IOT type of devices out there collecting information and via an API, it's being all sucked together and orchestrated together with RPA in order to produce an outcome, right? Um, we're seeing a lot of things around tax and payroll type uh, steps and validation. Um, a lot of stuff going on around SAP as well, by the way, mm -hmm. for some reason. Um, so getting stuff in and out of SAP. And this is uh, this is, there's two major things going on here. First of all, um, from a, from a merger acquisition perspective. So uh, in order to gain the short-term benefits of uh, any M&A activity without necessarily having to invest in the entire integration plan, you know, you can use RPA to, um, to assist you in moving data or updating records uh, or updating customer numbers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you're also seeing scenarios like um, um, it being used for S4HANA migration, uh, which is also really interesting. Um, oh, yeah. So those are kind of the things you're seeing, but it's all over the place. Yeah. You know, I love the IOT example because um, I know it's not your technology, but everybody knows that this, then that, right. That's sort of the universal yes. doesn't, doesn't work for every scenario, but certainly is a, a great example of a really simple way to do RPA for IOT events and, and happenings. Uh, talk a little bit about um, why did it make sense for Tricentis to expand from automating testing to, more generally providing an RPA solution. Yeah, so thank you for asking that because um, I do happen to get that question quite often. Uh, so at the core of Tricentis' you know, real differentiator in the marketplace is this technology we have called model-based automation. Mm. And um, most of what you're gonna see today out there from RPA vendors are scripted technologies mm -hmm. um, or or technologies that use image-based uh, controls 
um, to understand screens. Um, and the script-based technologies and this image stuff, by the way, is the prime reason why software test domination has been so difficult uh, because scripts fail. Uh, scripts yeah, are, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're brittle. They basically are hard to update. Um, it's hard to maintain. Um, you know, it's the old, it's the old, um, you know, adage of keeping in sync with the code base and, you know, uh, RPA is highly susceptible to changing UIs. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and this is where we shine. So, um, our model based automation is actually, uh, takes a, a much, much more technical approach. So um, where most of the vendors out there, if not all of them, interrogate a, a, a UI from a screen perspective, we actually interrogate, interrogate the implementation mm -hmm. um, and understand the UI from its more technical implementation perspectives. So if you take SFDC or you take um, SAP or you take ServiceNow or any of these big, large vendors, the complexity of the UI, even through a browser, is, is pretty significant. So the fact that we actually interrogate it at a technical level to build an abstracted model gives us the ability to deliver real resilient automation. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we universally in our, in our platform, you cannot script. If you wanted to script, you're gonna have to go someplace else because you can't script because ours is model-based. So everything that we're doing is actually produced from technical observations of the application itself. And then we allow you to put those observations uh, or components that you discover, uh, reuse them as Lego blocks, right? And put them in into different flows. So the good thing is that when the UIs change uh, that are part of the automation, A, if you have to make a technical change, you only make it in one spot. And that change propagates out throughout all instances or all bots that are using that automation. And two, because we actually do a highly resilient technical implementation, you know, we self-heal our technology uh, or our bots in you know, roughly 80% of the change cases. So this is why we were successful and still are successful in software testing. And this is why we decided to bring this to RPA because it faces the exact same challenges. Well, it's almost a knowledge-based approach, thinking about it as a model-oriented solution. If you harken back to screen scraping days, which is the brute force, yeah. know, this vector is where the information is at that you're testing to a model exactly. base, which is more of a canonical-based approach, which is a defined... Absolutely. You have a way of determining what the information is, and then you can detect when it's changed. Hey, there's a new field. There's a new... This field's changed, you know, whatever. It's yes. the same place. Now you have some reference model to pull from. It makes a lot more sense now you can put logic-based or flow-based um, logic into an automation process rather than having to script it and everything is manual. I think that's what you're Absolutely. saying. Do I have it right here? Ab you, you have it 100% correct. So it also gives, gives us, you know, a broader reach within the organization as well. So, you mm -hmm. know, you, you don't have to rely on the highly technical skills to actually produce the automation or main, even more importantly, maintain the automation that's required by your business. So does this open up different people that you're selling to in the organization? Or are you still selling through the DevOps test organization in, in IT and you kind of expand what other places you can apply your, your RPA technology? Or are you now calling on business units, end users, other application areas? What's that mean for your business? 
So, so whoever has the problem, we, we certainly want to talk to you about assisting them to solve it. Um, you know, within the DevOps space, there's a lot of conversation about, you know, that, you know, maintaining the scripts um, to that, that are automating uh, everything around my infrastructure is, is painful, right? So mm-hmm. there's conversations that are even in that horizontal area. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, the skill set that's mostly in that domain is obviously highly technical. So, you know, there's a lot of preferred, a lot of preference to actual scripting there. But, you know, within the line of business, there's certainly a lot of conversation going on and that broadens the conversation. But believe it or not, you know, when you're talking about test and test automation, although we do think of it as a, a you know, kind of a dev test motion, when you look at what Tricentis does, which is more end-to-end testing and protecting the end user journey, because we cross applications, we have a lot of conversations with the business analysts. We have a lot of conversations with the line of business. Mm-hmm. RPA tends that. to skew that more to, to the line of business. But what we're noticing distinctly these days is RPA is coming back to IT. And there's a real, really interesting reason for that. And it's what's called the RPA death spiral, which it goes something like this. You asked IT to do an integration for you, but they were too busy. You decided, hey, by the way, I'll use this RPA thing to bridge the gap right now. And you called in a RPA vendor and a service partner and you got your initial uh, flow or bot stood up. Mm-hmm. But then again, you just don't want to, you don't want to spend a lot of money uh, keeping that service partner uh, on site because it's expensive and they go away. And once they go away, guess what? The interface changes on one of the automation sequences or bots that you have enabled and the bot breaks. And as soon as that bot breaks, <laughs> where are you going to go to? Well, you're going to go to IT. Well, I can imagine. Uh, and then IT, yeah, yeah, people come back to IT because the problem that they're automating gets bigger than they can ha- want to handle or can't handle. Or they need access to resources. Hey, I need single sign-on here to get to this information. I need this database that isn't easy for me to get to as an end user. So there's lots of reasons. Absolutely. That, you know, things happen outside of IT because they're easier, but then we need to go back to IT because they're necessary to get what you need. Absolutely. That's why it's kind of swinging back to IT. Now, also what's happening is when the line of business acted, you know, kind of like a shadow IT or kind of a rogue IT shop and adopted the technology, you know, now the CIO is uh, essentially inheriting the maintenance tab. Mm-hmm. And now this is why, you know, the conversation is swinging right back to IT and the CIO. Yep. And we're back um, from Tricentis' perspective, you know, we're back on home turf talking to the nerds that we like to talk to. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been great. Yep. I really appreciated you having on and, and a new topic for us on DevOps chat with uh, Tricentis. I don't believe we've talked with you about this before. It sounds like no. you're, you're a big enough believer you'd change your job to be the, the general manager of RPA. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I can tell you're there's, committed. There's no going back. There's no going back now. Yeah, yeah I'm exactly. Committed. Exactly. Okay. Well, it's been fantastic, Wayne. Thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure, Mitch. Um, thanks for having us. Well, I hope you come back and we get a chance to talk to you again and maybe we can dive into some of the use cases you've solved for customers and some of the learning. So we'll save that for another time, okay? Love to do it. Great. Well, you've listened to another DevOps Chat podcast. I want to thank my guest today, Wayne Ariola, who's general manager of RPA at Tricentis. And of course, thank you, you to our audience for spending your time with us today. It's valuable and we appreciate it. 
My name is Mitch Ashley, DevOps.com. You've listened to another DevOps chat. Have a good day. Be careful out there.